this episode, we're talking about Jesus and marriage. So if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, you might want to go back and listen to those. The first one was on anti-disestablishmentarianism, and the second was on... Uh, the preface. The preface, which is basically the introduction to marriage service that says this is what a marriage is as the church has understood it through the ages. So we're seeking to understand the issues in human sexuality and controversies around same-sex marriage that are going on in church and in culture at the moment and making sure that we've got an understanding of why they're so controversial and some of the issues that are going on around it and in it. And today we're looking at Jesus and marriage. Let me explain why. So we're basically unpacking this debate in the way that it kind of feels like it unfolds to us as opposed to just diving in and picking stuff at random. Now, one of the interesting things is this issue, because the Church of England is the established church, has become live in culture. Yep. And within days of the bishops basically saying no to same-sex marriage but yes to some form of blessing, the Second Estates Commissioner had to come to the House of Commons to answer an urgent question about why the Church of England yes. wasn't bringing in same-sex marriage. Yes. We didn't cover him as a particular identity in our in our first episode on the relationship between church and state, did we? He's, so, he's the equivalent of a junior minister, yeah. and his job <laughs> is he's basically the bridge between the Houses of Parliament, mainly the, co- yeah. the Commons and the General Synod of the yeah. Church of England, which is part of the, the yeah. body-making... The, the legislature of our okay. land um he's a lovely man i believe by all accounts right. and okay. anyway but in that debate there was this rather powerful and incredibly moving sort of statement and question from a labor mp who is uh, christian and same-sex um attracted gay and in which he basically said how can you serve the church and yeah. serve your god yeah, and yeah. not marry the person you love yeah. and then he had this he said and what's really interesting is of course jesus never talked about this yes so why do we and this is <clears throat> a big thing that culture says to the church is jesus never went on about this yes so <clears throat> why are you going on about it okay so i thought instead of us going all oh, leviticus and paul and everything well actually let's answer that question what did jesus have to say about marriage and does that help us in this debate now before we get there let's just do a little bit of, just a tiny bit of context so so the the conversation we're having about marriage forget all the stuff about establishment and establishmentarianism when we talk about marriage in the church with we're using a term that we understand as christians from a particular perspective but a term that is used in wider society so you might be having a conversation um listener with a friend who isn't a christian and you might use the word marriage but behind it there lie different meanings um, and so then what happens for us as, a, as a, a church is an extrapolation of that smaller conversation. So we're talking about marriage from a Christian perspective and what we think we understand by that. And inevitably, as Christians, there are different understandings within that anyway. But then we're having that conversation in a public setting about what we think about marriage. And so there are people on the other side of it who just don't understand. So in the last episode, we talked through the preface and we talked about how the relationship between um, God and his creation and Jesus and his church affects how we understand marriage. Now, a large percentage of the society in which we live doesn't even believe in God and and would, would laugh at the idea of Jesus being married to his bride, the church, and would laugh at the idea. I mean, I, I've been in scenarios where I've been talking about his bride, the church, and people have laughed at me wearing a white dress myself in a marriage thinking are you are you a bride too then and and so there's a there's a general cultural misunderstanding around what 
Christians so culture, see, culture sees marriage as a good thing because it it gives a recognition to commit committed stable faithful relationships yeah. <clears throat> that they that, that are good for society yeah um and, and but also now gives freedom for when those um, relationships are no longer committed yeah. and stable and faithful for them to end yeah and so that for interestingly enough culture therefore if it if it wants to move from marriage between being between two people of any sex yeah. it, to being th- between three people it can do yes okay so what we're doing today is we're going back to what jesus says about marriage so we're not we're not as christians <laughs> inviting jesus to his contribution to what this word means yeah we're going to him and saying well he's the author of this so as christians we've got to understand he's the author of this and what clarity does he bring to questions that are asked of him about it when he's asked about it now so the interesting thing we're going to read um a passage in a second but first of all let's get into the context so jesus is a jewish man yeah the jews were well known for being out on a limb on sexual ethics because they 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 didn't um they didn't the jews were not pro um anything other than heterosexual sex and were very and by the time of jesus were very hot on marriage um not being polamorous not having many partners involved in it they just done and so the jews were seen by their culture as being really odd and out of step because they had this very kind of high bar around marriage and were not very promiscuous in their sexual ethics at all so that's so 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 actually you've always got to say jesus what what jesus Jesus is operating within his culture and and that context and 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 his culture his the wider world was not that far removed from our wider world but the jewish world was seen as very odd within that wider world okay and so jesus would have been aware of that dynamic so you're going to take us to i'm going to take Matthew, matthew chapter 19 so yeah. this is a couple of its teachings of Jesus and encounters with other people. Yeah. And it is a, a couple of chapters before the triumphal entry. Yeah. And I'm going to read Matthew chapter 19. And I'm going to read verses 3 to 12. So some Pharisees came to him to test him, which is what the Pharisees are always doing. And they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? This was a big debate in the day, and they had come up with ways and reasons why you could divorce yeah. uh, um, as a you know as a good jew and it's kind of recognized that they were ways that kind of suited them haven't you read jesus replied that at the beginning the creator made them male and female and said for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh so they are no longer two but one therefore what god has joined together let man not separate why then, they asked, these are Pharisees, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. The disciples said to him, if this situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry and jesus replied not everyone can accept this word but only those whom to have been given for some are eunuchs because they were born that way others were made that way by men and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven the one who can accept this should accept it this is the word of the lord thanks be to god that's full on james okay yes so let's see what jesus has to say so the first thing is they're coming and they're saying um uh, what are your exception clauses? Yeah, what are your exception clauses? You know, what do you think about Moses? And Jesus goes straight back to first principles, and he goes back to the Genesis story. Your so he, hearts were hard. Yeah, and then and he goes, your hearts were hard, and then he goes, yeah. but I'm going to make it even tighter. Yeah. But, but So his, the Genesis story we referred to in the previous podcast, um, the idea of um, man and woman 
coming together as one flesh. Yeah. So, so when Jesus is invited to clarify what is understood by marriage, his clarification comes with man and woman becoming one flesh. And, the and, and that's, a, that's a physical, spiritual activity. And the hard, the hard the thing for us to hear, because yeah. our culture doesn't like this, is that our identity, our, our who we are, is beholden to another. So, yeah. so I, I exist because of my parents, but even yeah. then we exist because there is a creator who made us and who made us male and female. Yeah. And so, so, so there is a sense of what it is to be a created being that means you were made for a purpose and with a design, and that yeah. actually kicking against that purpose and that design is not good. Now, our culture doesn't like it because our culture is overwhelmingly post-Christian, and yeah. if it's spiritual, it's definitely not Christian and is in yeah. lots of places humanist. And so it's actually there is no design, there is no creator, and so therefore we get to Nietzsche, we get to design what it is to be human ourselves. Yes. Um, so that philosophically, that's coming back from someone like Nietzsche, which is actually, if there is no God to tell us who we are, we need to rise up and become gods ourselves. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm and therefore, we can define marriage back to what was said yeah, earlier. Yeah, we can, yeah, yeah. We can yeah. define marriage. So Jesus is just throwing his hat in the ring at this point as far as the culture is concerned, whereas we as Christians, again, we're saying the author of marriage has come. He's been asked questions for clarification. He's bringing clarification. Now, interesting enough, there's something that comes just before we move on to um, Jesus and divorce second is, is he says, so they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Now, what we didn't do in our last episode is we didn't go yes. through the whole of we the didn't. wedding yeah. uh, liturgy. But actually, after the marriage has happened, yeah. you the, the vicar mm. says something about um, so-and-so have you know exchange, have made their vows, exchanged their rings, um, and, 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 and in you and in the presence of God have... You know, they have become. They, I declare that they are husband and wife. So, so it's there. Um, and then the vicar says, "Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one put asunder." Yeah. And so this sense that that actually what is happening in a marriage is 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 threefold. Is a Christ, in holy matrimony to use change of English yeah. language, is husband and wife with God have been are being joined together. Yeah. And so actually. Um, when you come into the church building, you know, you enter as a single person and yes. or two single people and you leave yeah. married. Yes. And what God has joined and there's something that's happened in that service that has joined you together for for between now and eternity. And that the rest of us need to pay attention and do nothing to take it to tear it apart. And Jesus seems to agree with us. Well, uh, we agree with him actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But immediately in raising the bar to that there are therefore implications for everybody else which he then goes on to address yeah so um so then they say so if that's the case jesus i mean they're, they're good lawyers these guys so if that's the yeah. case jesus that no one put us under one flesh why did moses give them a certificate of divorce and moses says james because jesus their says, hearts were hard yeah and this is where we need the gospel it is back to the preface, which says it's um, through marriage that husband and wife may come to know the grace of God. The grace of God is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. The grace of God in our lives that leaves us soft towards one another in all our relationships. But in marriage, we need that grace of God to remind us of, of our own brokenness, our our spouse's brokenness, and our need for forgiveness, and our need to grow together into maturity and love in him. 
And and the wedding <clears throat> preface, which we talked about last time, has talk, mm-hmm. talks about in good times and in and bad. bad. And, yeah. of course, the vows talk about in sickness and in health. Yeah, yeah. And so there is an awareness that actually marriage is not all a bed of roses and that at yeah. times it can be hard. Yeah. And at times um, one of the parties will need support beyond yeah. um, what sometimes the other party feels they're capable of. Yeah. And it's in that that we need God to move and to enable it. Yeah. There's also a recognition this side of eternity that we live in the the not yet of the kingdom of God, and yeah. that that actually we're we're living in a world tainted by sin, 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 yeah. sin, and that actually there are occasions, and Jesus recognizes this where divorce is appropriate, mm-hmm. um, and those would be around. Um, Jesus says it, marital unfaithfulness, but also um, abuse. Yeah. And we're actually, this is this is not a marriage. It's not it's, safe. It's not safe. Yeah. Uh, and it's, <clears throat> and, and in those occasions, yeah. the church um, permits divorce, um, for for very good and reasons, but it does it with a heavy heart because it knows that this is, this is not how things are supposed to be. Yeah. So that is what's going on there. Is that Jesus has said, Moses hasn't given you, hasn't permitted divorce so that you can decide that you don't like your wife and, and decide because actually it got to the stage with the Pharisees that you could write a, a letter of divorce for the, you know for something like you know her, her cooking wasn't good enough for yeah. you and interestingly enough in that culture it was all male dominated the woman had no rights yes. around it but yeah. but the male did and Jesus basically removes all of that kind of faff that they've put in the place and says actually except unless it's really serious you're together now immediately if you are a um, an avid fan of The Crown, the Netflix um, drama about the monarchy in this country, you're tracking through the Queen's deliberations over her sister's divorce all the way through to the most recent series where she's dealing with her children's mm. divorces, um, with the exception of, of Edward, um, and the implications of divorce for the family um, whose leader is the head of the Church of England and and you're seeing a transitioning culture from divorce being an anomaly to divorce becoming normalized for reasons of taste um, emotional capacity um, and because we don't see we don't like to see people hurting yeah um, um, and and what Jesus would refer to there as hardness of heart it's abundantly clear in the dramatization not in the the um history um books it's abundantly clear in the dramatization that that hardness of heart is a cause of divorce and what's really hard is um relationships are the hardest thing to get right in life yeah and people will be listening to this who are happily married and people will be listening to this who are unhappily married. People will be listening to this who were once happily married and now they're with the same person. They yeah. don't feel happily married. Yeah. And and to mm. if we don't get the gospel, we hear that as basically Jesus saying, uh, "Suck it up." Yeah. As opposed to with the gospel, there is there is the the, the power of the Holy Spirit and the gospel to transform all of our situations. And that's what the church believes is that this marriage is a signpost to eternity is something that God inhabits and blesses and wants to transform. So when we struggle in our marriages, and we all will, yes. that's, when, that's when Jesus comes through for us and when we need 
our Christian brothers and sisters to be praying for us, and yeah. we need our marriage not uh, not to be private, but almost have people who are walking this yeah. through with us. It's why, yeah. as a church here, we're committed to running the marriage course um, and and to to supporting upholding one another because we know we know this thing is not easy. Um, but it's a way of life, as we talked in the last episode, that we enter into not lightly. And so, when it gets when it gets difficult, it's not an it, it's an opportunity to look for His grace and to look for His strength. Not to just try harder and yeah. be miserable. And yeah. that, that's the where there is a command, there's a provision. And so, yeah. the command to to be faithful is one mm. that He will give a provision for you that you can find love and joy within now so that was jesus on marriage but then yeah. but then the disciples come back did jesus have anything else to say about how you could live your life um, sexually yes he did because the disciples the disciples basically he's gone oh yeah you've i'm going to raise the bar and everybody's gone ah and so the disciples said if this is the situation it's better not to marry and to which jesus says not everybody can accept this word so not everybody can hear what i've just said about what marriage is yeah. um, but only to those who have been given that idea that marriage is a gift of god and creation actually have i heard the word of the lord on this and um, for some of you Nick, so what he means there is um, people who cannot marry because they were born that way. So others were made that way by men, and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who, who can accept this should accept it. So they basically say, Jesus, what you've just laid out to us is too difficult. And he goes, yeah, you're right. I'll give you another option, chastity. <laughs> um, and that's, and that is, so that, yeah. it, that's what Jesus says. He basically, when he talks about marriage, he basically says it's husband and wife, one flesh, not to be put asunder except for very rare circumstances or chastity. And in both of those situations, as we talked about in the last podcast, they both point to eternity and they are both filled with the Spirit of God to enable us to live in a way that is transformative. Yes, which is problematic for the world in which we live because sex is understood to be a right. Yeah. And um, we live in a world that understands marriage from the point of view of contract not covenant um and so why are you denying me what i what is rightfully mine i'm attracted to this person they're attracted to me why can we not um consummate our love for one another in in marriage and jesus seems to be saying outside of this passage and in this passage actually i'm enough yeah the kingdom of heaven is drawing near yeah and that's what i mean in 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 matthew chapter five he told them he basically said if if you look at somebody with lustful thoughts you've committed adultery yeah uh and 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 he says all this stuff not to make us go this is hard. I can't do it. But to say, I need you. Yeah. And that's that. And that's that's the thing that lies behind the Christian sexual ethic is that Jesus is enough. And interesting enough, a single man, a single man, is enough. You yeah. know, actually, a guy who didn't have to express his humanity through uh, any form of sexual relationship says, I am enough. And if you don't have that understanding of him and him being enough then his teaching is too hard. Yeah. And there were people who, at the end of John chapter 6, after Jesus performed the miracle of, of feeding thousands and has walked on water, there are disciples who walked away from him. And what begins to happen in the life of the church is that instead of people walking away and saying, actually, I, I don't want to follow him any longer, um, 
the, the church begins to do what I described myself as doing during my curacy in the last episode, where, where in order to bridge the gap between church and culture, the church essentially alters the message in order to make itself more acceptable to the culture around it. And that's what we understand is, is going on here, is that for those who, who can't see that Jesus is enough, and we're, we're, we're trying to say, well, let's see if we can... I don't know, I don't know what they're trying well, to say. What, I, what we're moving to is, is the debate that's happening in the Church of England is, um, is not really just about what we're talking about in these episodes. The debate that's happening in the Church of England is around what does it mean to be the Church of England and, and, and what does it mean to be christianly distinctive in this culture and and where we're kind of all dancing around each other is is where do we agree with culture and where do we disagree with culture and where is jesus enough and where would jesus say come as you are and jesus would say to all of us come as you are and i am enough and that's the bit that church has always struggled in life is to say is to say it's it's not unwelcoming to say there are patterns of your life that actually God does not approve of and that because of the cross you can be freed from. And I'm not talking about sex here. I'm talking about guilt, greed. I'm talking about envy. You know, I'm, I'm talking about um, overworking, you know, yeah. um, um, all that. So it's not, this is, don't, so, but when we come, Jesus says, come as you are, come to me all who are weary. And then, and then when he gets us, he goes, now, can I begin to remake you as I originally envisaged you? And that's the debate that's going on in the church is actually what part of what part of Wayne does Jesus need to change? So when I come and he says, I love you as you are, come, he then says, now, can I make you as you should be? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've got to remember this extends to other parts of the world where there are different challenges as well. Mm. So our African friends might talk about sharing the gospel with... Um, cultures where polygamy is the norm yeah so what happens when a man who's got four wives comes to know jesus what does he then do um and um they would want to say that actually um they they don't validate polygamy because their understanding of the scriptures is that jesus calls us to one flesh between a man and a woman so they then have to work out well how does the man then care for yeah his Wives who will no longer be his wives, and and that's that's a really <clears throat> that's a really complicated question. People who are involved in those situations don't pretend that it's simple, but they're also not asking that the teaching on marriage in the church changes to allow for polygamous relations, polygamous marriages to continue. Yeah. Welcome to the task of mission and discipleship <laughs> yeah. in pre- and post-Christian culture. Um, we'll be back on this subject matter when we think of the next question we want to answer. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you.